Thanks for listening to the Roman Circus Podcast, a weekly dive into death-defying discussions of Catholic culture, tradition, and history. I'm Matt Baker, and with me, as always, is Pope Francis, number one fangirl, Zach Mabry. Zach, how are you, my friend? What's up, everybody? It's a wonderful day. Zach is just in it to win it. Yes. Uh, If you're in it to win it... You can tweet us at Roman Circus Pod. I'm at Hey, it's Matt Baker. Zach is at Zach Mabry, Z A C Mabry. You can email us podcast at RomanCircusBlog.com. We're on Patreon, patreon.com slash Roman Circus Pod. Find us yes, on iTunes. Give us money. Yeah. Find us on iTunes. You can rate and review us if you want. Our, uh, our rating went down 0.1, Zach. We went from a 4.9 to a 4.8. Well, I have a lot so, more haters than I did 48 hours ago. So yeah, that, <laughs> that that's, a good, that's a good point. Uh, you can find us on Podbean, Stitcher, and Google Play. That's the intro. You have all yes, your haters. You can find Matt on Catholic Match. Just kidding. I'm not. I I am not on Catholic Match. He he does farmers only. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know my joke is that I signed up for blackpeoplemeet.com because I like watching black people meet. Is that too racy? Is that <laughs> is that too? <laughs> That's amazing. No one's thinking that. I'll have, to, I'll have to dig that one up and like find it and repurpose it. Is that a tweet? It. Yeah, I tweeted that once. Nice. Yeah, it didn't get nearly as as much play as it should. It is good well, though. Maybe that was before you were famous. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that's the like. That's like the most laugh I've ever gotten from you on this podcast. I, I, it just yeah, that just that was funny. Um. Yeah, I actually I tweeted it in 2013 and it got re- one retweet. It just died on the vine, Zach. Well, I'm going to I'm going to retweet it and revitalize it. Okay. Uh All right, that's good. Um shall we start the show now? Yes. So, Matt, uh what's in the news? Whoa, that's weird. Um Zach, there's Matt, what's w- in the news, Matt? Thank you. Thank you for doing it properly. Uh, I, there's some very... We have some things we need to talk about in the news here. Zach, the ATC, ACT scores, they're, they're up. A lot more kids are getting a perfect 36 on the ACT this year, Zach. Uh-huh. And uh, did you take that test? Yes. Do you remember what you got? On the ACT? Mm-hmm. Uh, which time? Yeah, how many times did you take it? I took it four times. Um, Each time, my score increased by one. That's amazing. Well, it turns out the number of perfect ACT scores nationwide has more than doubled since 2015. And oh, wow. Six, there were three six... in my graduating class. I, like, hoped to be one of them, but I didn't. I got a 34. In 2010, one out of every 2,600 students got a perfect score, and in 2018, it was one out of every 500. Now, you may see this and think, wow, like, their kids are smarter, uh, they're better standardized testing prep, but 
let's not forget that a bunch of parents were just caught getting their kids into school. So I think the I think that we're uh, I think we're going to see another <laughs> rash of like two out of every two Full House uh, stars children <laughs> yeah, got yeah. a perfect score. <laughs> yeah, two every. Every Laughlin kid that took this test got a perfect score. I do uh, like the video of her showing up at court, and she's like, "Hello." Yeah, she just, honestly, that's what I would do. It's it's basically like, a, it's basically just like a, she thinks she's getting a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame or something. Like it's she's just showing up to meet her adoring fans. The, um, I always tell people, I'm like, whatever it is, just lean into it. Yeah, if you can't never, get out of it, lean into it. Never apologize. We uh, the test yeah, no, hasn't cha- never. I'm sorry, but never apologize. Right, the test hasn't changed in any meaningful way since 1989. So basically, they're just keeping the same test for 30 years. Are you serious? Yeah, we literally have the internet now. Exactly, that's the thing. It the test yeah. doesn't even know that. That's that's, that's right. It's uh, one one school. Walnut Hills High School had seventeen students get a perfect score. Wow, that's that's yeah. uh, that's nuts. That's that's nuts. Walnut, I get it, I get it. All right, and the second thing, this is all new for me directing the news segment, so I hope I'm doing it justice. The second yeah, thing, I mean, honestly, it's harder than than people think. Than I, it's harder than I make it seem. Right. It uh, the other the other thing we we we. We're not really going to get too political on the show much anymore, but I have a political issue that really, really needs our attention. Well, let's hear it. Uh, yeah, it comes to us from the far-off land of Long Island, New York. More specifically, okay. Long Island's North Shore. They have a problem. Yes, where the where the where the, uh, the iced tea comes from? Mm-hmm, exactly. They have a problem, Zach. Yeah. They need to figure out whether or not they want to ban personal helipads. Okay, they have four private helipads. Is what is that exactly? They have four private helipads, and they sit among roughly 185 households. It's a small island, 40 miles east of Midtown Manhattan. Oh, like where a coast. helicopter lands? Yes, a helipad. I didn't know the term. I didn't know that was the term. There it is. It's that's the Sorry. term. Gotcha. So, the thing is, there's four of them there, and usually you're like, "What? Why would I care about this? Right? Why would why would America care yeah, that f- it. four private helipads? It's because one of those helipads belongs to none other than Billy Joel, Zach. Really? Yes. So the problem is that he didn't once, start the fire, right? He's trying to put out the helipad fire. I don't know. But so the the opponents say that the noisy helicopters disturb the area's tranquil beauty, hurts shorebirds, cuts property. <laughs> yes, the tranquil beauty of Long Island. <laughs> yeah. Yes, cut, pro- <laughs> cut property values and endanger the public. And the mayor's like, you have a good point, right? Also, like cut property values down to like, Four hundred dollars a square foot. Okay, yeah. sorry, sorry, sorry. One I of the opponents. Apologize. 
One of the opponents said, I was on several tours in Vietnam, and helicopters are really nasty. Nasty. I've seen them crash. They go down like rocks. And also, as a side note, there have not been any helicopter crashes on Long Island. Um, so the, you, you hear all so these, you hear all this. They go down like no, rocks. That's, anyway, sorry. Right. He was, talk, he was talking about war helicopters in the 60s. Um, but, uh, oh. but. Okay. So you hear all these objections, right? And you're like, well, yeah, those sounds like good objections. But no, the reason we need helicopters, Zach, for Billy Joel is because he plays one show a month at Madison Square Garden. And a flight. Wait, really? Yeah, he does. He's been doing it for like five years. What, did they just do like open mic night? That's wild. I didn't. Okay, anyway, sorry. Go ahead. No, it's Billy Joel plays one concert at madison square garden the first time in my life that i ever heard of madison square garden um it was because nsync was performing there and it was like on tv and they were like it's nsync at madison square garden and i i just was like very confused about like why are they performing at a garden at a garden i mean you know like nobody explains this stuff to you until you find it out and so you know anyway it's true so a helicopter flight to manhattan can take less than 15 minutes and by contrast, driving can take up to two hours. We can't have Billy Joel sitting in two hours of traffic, Zach. Oh, yeah, no. And also, he it says he doesn't even show up. He just sends Now, his if lawyers. I'm sitting in two hours of traffic, you can guarantee I've got Billy Joel right there with me. You know? Right, right. But All what's he gonna, going to do? Is he just going to listen to himself on Sirius right. XM? Yeah, he doesn't have anyone. He, he is the only person in the world that doesn't doesn't have what we have which is the ability to listen to billy joel right i know no, yeah I know. so what what concert did you go to with your mom and i i kept thinking it was a billy joel concert oh well, yeah i've been to a lot of billy joel concerts with my mom oh wait, I also that was, went to, it was a billy joel well i went to hall and oats with my mom and i've been to i saw hall and oats in phoenix a few years 2016 amazing um yeah. I've seen Billy Joel with my mom like almost ten times. So, okay, so recently, yeah, like a month ago, he played in. What, he played what in was a, it? I, did I guess like a song incorrectly? Like what did I? Because well, I, I said something that ended up being stupid. I'm gonna have to narrow it down a little bit. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, never mind. Well, well, I'll, I'll I'll play back the old episodes. I think okay. I asked if he did a certain song, and you were like, "That's definitely." Not one of his songs. That's probably what I probably something I did. I don't know, but anyway, that that's the news. We need to we need to we need to pray that our beloved Billy Joel and the three other people on Long Island that have helipads get to keep their helipads. Yeah. What what the hell are y'all thinking? Hmm. I don't know. All right, Speaking let's of get hell. to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. So the past few days have been wonderful. Uh, Zach has Zach's mentions are an absolute dumpster fire on Twitter. Well, uh, it's it's the worst part is like I'm back at work, so I, I I don't have the ability to just like sit on Twitter, like I you know maybe did not long ago. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, I I'll look at it and be like, what what's going on? And then every time I look, anyone that's my actual friend who I like, they've unfollowed me. But like I'm getting all these follows from people that like I don't know them. I'm like I don't. I don't know about that, you know. Um it uh 
Yeah, yeah, it's, there's, okay, so there's a lot. What do we, so the genesis of it is that some people came out with a letter trying to... Well, I mean, I would say, let's just, let's just step back. The the genesis of it is that um, in in 2013, uh, Jorge Mario Bergoglio was Mm -hmm. elected pope. Right. And (laughs) we just are so many of us are just still grappling with it, you know, and can't make peace with it. And so, yes, so there was a, like you said, an open letter. Haven't there been several of these? Um, I don't know. There was the dubia and there was, the dubia was more of just like a, can you please clarify some things? And then there was the And at least that one came from his actual advisors who serve at his, you know, pleasure. I mean, it, it, Right. Burke is a cardinal because Francis maintains him as a cardinal. So, I mean, you know, that one was different. Right. Anyway. So this this is an open letter. This is titled an open uh, open letter to the bishops of the Catholic Church. And it is it is signed by there's some academics in there, there's some priests in there, there's some just what appear to be like leaders of Catholic groups. They're adding. They're adding signatures every day. Apparently, to this thing. the girl from Fleetwood Mac signed it. No, I'm just kidding. Stevie Nicks. Yes. Yeah, she's on. Yes, and Florence signed it, but the Machine didn't. <laughs> I I met the Machine a few times in L.A. She's very nice. The the one they call the Machine. Nice. Um, so the basically, I'll I'll read the first two paragraphs they're short and they kind of give an idea of what this is about okay okay your your eminence your beatitude your excellency that's how it's intro oh okay yeah I, i'm listening matt go ahead and start the uh <laughs> we are addressing this letter to you for two reasons first to accuse pope francis of the canonical d- delict of delict of heresy I should have probably zoomed in so I could read this better. And second, to request that you take the steps necessary to deal with the grave situation of a heretical pope. We take this measure as a last resort to respond to the accumulating harm caused by Pope Francis's words and actions over several years, which have given rise to one of the worst crises, crises in the history of the Catholic Church. Um, okay, so... Basically, here's another letter, and it goes on. It's 20 pages, and it kind of picks... 20 pages. Amazing. Well, a lot of... Like, there's the signatures at the end. Like, have you ever read 20 pages? No. I couldn't even imagine. Yeah. So, basically, it's... They go through, and they kind of pick out things that Pope Francis... Like, they accuse Pope Francis of having, through his words and actions, publicly demonstrated his belief in the following propositions that contradict divinely revealed truths. So they they go through and they talk about certain ways that he's like undermining the faith and they actually they don't claim that he's actually spoken heresy f- from his authority. Right. No, this pope. is a th- so this gets dicey. There basically it's and even I mean pretty much no matter who you in these circles they're aware that it's a a Catholic cannot accuse the Pope of the canonical crime of heresy uh, formally, and so but it so that's where it, it gets kind of oh well they're they're spreading heresy or they're not opposing heresy or they're they're 
speaking heresy, but they they can't actually accuse them of being a heretic. Mm-hmm. It's, right. It's just so, kind of like a principle that is universally recognized. So, yeah. So that's like that's kind of what confused me at first was like they're they're like saying that he's basically is a heretic, but he hasn't preached heresy, right? They get. I mean, it. Yeah, or when they're just saying he's not formally because they they don't you know they don't know his culpability or his obstinacy or what you know he could be meaning by. Yeah, I mean, the the fact that they don't go for the kill is is not just because that just isn't like I, I don't know like if there's really ever a time that that's really happened in the church. I mean, even some of the like popes that you know clearly held and promoted false things, they weren't ever accused of being formal heretics so, mm. anyway, go on okay but that's kind of so that it just goes through and it says like uh it it has like it, it references different councils so it'll go through each bullet point it actually doesn't it doesn't really say like quotes from pope francis it's more like he said things about this and that he he uh he's is going against certain things in certain councils, right? So, like, one of them is God not only permits but positively wills the pluralism and diversity of religions, both Christian and non-Christian. Okay? So they, well, they'll say that. was that a statement? Well, I don't know if it's a statement because they don't use it as a quote. They just use it I, as as a bullet point. Okay. I was going to say, like, I don't think that he said positively wills, but... Right. So then under that it under that it will have like John fourteen six, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh the Father but by me. Right? Okay, well, or that's dramatic, but Acts Acts four, eleven through twelve, this is the stone which was rejected by you the builders, which has become the head of the corner, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given to men whereby we must be saved. So that's kind of what's going on with this letter. And then it also points out um it points out some stuff from Amoris Laetitia and it it uh, points out like people that he's brought into his inner circle. Uh, you know, it just kind of just says, basically lists this whole thing that he is spending most all of his time trying to undermine the faith. Um. So yeah, that then the basically the controversy with Zach is that you know we both kind of came out and kind of said this letter is silly Zach has a bigger platform than I do so people lock, locked onto it a little bit more yeah I mean I think that it, it like realistically this goes back to this summer or last summer when everyone started calling for Pope Francis to resign and we were both like um, I don't think he should. And then I feel mm-hmm. like from that has grown a sort of different take on some of these things. And I mean, you know, without going into the history of, I mean, so the letters asking these bishops to come together and, you know, oppose Pope Francis because, you know, X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing is that there is a history of that, of these, of you know, conciliarism 
and every time it happens the pope ends up winning and it it is the case that in a lot of them the pope is you know has all these flaws and the people critiquing him you know they make good arguments but you know for the last 2000 years every time it's happened um the the pope wins and so <laughs> i mean it, it yeah I mean, it's not that I'm saying it's it's not that I'm saying it's not worth breaking down all the individual arguments, but like, spoiler alert, God has regard for his vicar. So, Mm -hmm. you know, every time there was a schism, people were like, oh, this time it's too much. This time, you know, truth and demands that we we break from this, you know, and every time they were wrong. And so, again, this is this is not the special case where all the principles go out the window and we get to, you know, break, but yeah. So, and and the letter also, as far as these, like this whole genre of Francis criticism, this one is like, I I don't know. It has to be the worst. It, It literally goes. So I think we made fun of the, uh, the crozier that Pope Francis carried at some mass. That was like this hideous stick thing. Sure. Yeah. There was the, the, cross it was like very modern and very like kind of i don't know it it was just kind of I mean, it, yeah, colorful yeah, no, i mean not suited for mass and it, i mean it was just yeah mm. i mean it looked like i mean honestly to me it looked like a slingshot you know like a, <laughs> a wooden but like okay so and it, i mean honestly you know behind the scenes I made a lot of jokes about that whole thing. But sure. They, they're literally saying he's carrying like around a, you know, a warlock's stang. Right. And you're just like, okay guys, you know, there's been five years of some, some interesting comments and interviews and documents and things. And we're going to, we're going to, you know, give a paragraph to this. Right. Well, but it, it's like scratching instantly. Right. It's like the difference between he, Sure. You can, you can talk about if that's like a tacky thing to be carrying around, right? Like, we, you, I, mean, you I can, know you, it just is. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's right, open but, for discussion. But you can yeah, mention no, it. Yeah, sorry. Well, that's my point. Is like, you, like, you, like the whole the seventies are were a tacky decade, right? Like, it's it doesn't oh, mean yeah. that the the whole decade was just the hell century, right? It doesn't mean it was like a a heretical decade, right? Like, you, it's if he's carrying around this this thing that he got as a gift from the youth like if there's some some part of him he's just going to be like okay i'll carry it around because it was a gift right it doesn't i i don't know if we there's a lot of when it comes to things it's like speculation right like just well and actually can we just do a really quick tangent yeah yeah yeah. Uh, this is why you know even i'm sure that all of our listeners have impeccable taste and understand decorum and stuff but honestly you should never you know just show up with a kind of liturgical gift whether it's vestments you know things and stuff for a priest you know without asking the priest exactly what they want sure because it puts them in a very uncomfortable situation and you just you just don't really know you know and yeah, so, no, you can. Father you can Ripper still... has like a whole paper about that. Oh yeah, you you sent that to me once. It, yeah, uh, he's like, don't buy liturgical items for priests. It, it just puts them in an awkward position. 
yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense because if the if the if the priest needs vestments, like he'll you can still get him. It still can be. A, it doesn't have to be a surprise, right? It can still be a good gift. You can just ask him what exactly he wants, right? So that right when you're putting you're putting him in you're putting poor Pope Francis in a spot where now he's carrying around a heretical stick, Zach. Right. I mean, honestly, just yeah, <laughs> that was what I was like. He's carrying around the ugly stick. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, and I mean, actually, that reminds me of the ring situation. Like they're they're there probably should have been somebody on staff that was like, we're not going to bring this inside. Mm-hmm. Like you, you cannot give this to his holiness. This is, this is heinous. Right. Um, they, exactly. It should be, there should be multiple people at multiple levels watching this stuff. But again, it's like the fact that he carried it around. Okay. I mean, you know, it's like, are there things going on? We could maybe focus on besides this. Right. So, but this, okay, this kind of leads me to another point of all this. Uh, I don't know what, what is this letter supposed to be doing? I know why people are writing it, okay? Or why it was written. And I know why people signed it and they're lending their names to this. I, what do, what do they want from this? Like, do they want, they want Pope Francis to be, labeled as a heretic and to be and to like basically be deposed yeah so then that leads us to the thing we talked about last summer was cool you don't you don't trust the pope and you don't trust any of the people he's put around him including cardinals so you're just going to leave it up to this college of cardinals that you don't trust to put in a pope that you like well uh, yes i mean that's the thing i mean and the idea that you would depose Francis and get, you know, Pope Cardinal Sarah or something like that, or, you know, one, it just, the numbers aren't there. People like that, that just isn't going to happen. Right. Two, the, the church isn't looking for a savior. The church already has a savior, believe it Mm -hmm. or not. Mm -hmm. And a, you know, it would be great to have, you know, a, a Pope similar to Pope, you know, Pius the Eleventh or Pius the Fifth, even you know that could write and speak, you know, elements of the truth in ways that just transcended time and you know all this stuff. I mean, sure, that would be great, but I mean, do you really think that there's anybody alive today that could walk out on the loggia and and give some pronouncement, and then all of a sudden the world just stops being crazy? Right. It, I mean, it just isn't going to come from a document. Yeah, and it, it's, I, I mean, I think we get all panicked and we get all rushed about certain things, obviously, like we want. And there, there's the whole other, like, is it, 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 what if he is, if all this comes to pass, then what, you get like the praise and the excitement of standing on the internet and shouting like, see, I told you, I told you that he was a heretic. I'm like, it doesn't. Right. You had I that tweet. Well, what was the tweet that kind of pointed about that? You were like talking about, you know, a judgment or whatever. I said, God, get asked. got it. Got a judgment. Did you keep my commands? Did, did you die in the state of grace? Did you live the Catholic faith every day? Did you successfully battle Bergoglio online? I mean, I, but you, the, 
I mean, there really are. Because, like, I mean, my comments were not even particularly complimentary. They were just kind of comments. And it was like, you are enabling his heresies. Mm-hmm. You're guilty of all this stuff. And I'm like, guys, we're tweeting. Like, we let's let's just take a step back here. Like, I I posted that from the bathroom. Like, we, we right. really have to chill. Right. Okay, so the comment is for those, like, we... You know, we get told we talk about Twitter and it's kind of inside. But the to- the comment came from Zach. People get all huffy and think that Pope Francis in some world is going to, like, this is all leading up to him ending the Latin Mass as we know it, right? And Zach made the comment that actually the Latin Mass is growing and it happens to be growing under Pope Francis. And people immediately were like, well, he's not responsible for it. Like you're you're being disingenuous. You're being deceitful because you're not talking about how it started back on, up under Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. And uh, I mean, like it this this I mean, got so many things. But the, uh, there was a whole section of replies that were like, I mean, basically the tweet was a now and then tweet. The then was under JP two, and I mean, obviously I was speaking in hyperbole, but it was really difficult to find the Latin Mass back then, and you didn't have it you know, readily available, Mm -hmm. um, the way we do now. And you certainly, I mean, they didn't even imagine that there would be, you know, permission to, to do the pre 55 Holy week. I mean, that was like a pipe dream, right? That's the, okay. So that let's, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. Yeah. I don't want to jump. So, so basically I, I mentioned in the tweet, you know, JP two papacy, I can't remember the exact things. It's like, you know, you can have one Latin mass, uh, in the basement of a tattoo parlor every five years. Right. And then, you know, under Francis, it's widely available. Daily. You know. Yeah, multiple places. like it. Right. And I mean, I get that it's not available everywhere. And, you know, people were quick to point out that outside of the United States and France, it's not the case. So I, I will say that I've never had any trouble in the UK finding a Latin mass. But mm-hmm. um, the, uh, the, the whole, the, well, one, the, the whole thing of not mentioning Benedict, I was like, guys, this is a, a now and then tweet. Right. Uh, there's a now, which is Francis's Pope, and there was mm-hmm. the then that I chose, which was uh, JP2. I, I'm, you know, which was the first, you know, papacy after kind of the council was, you know, I mean, the council didn't, I mean, it ended, but, you know, all the stuff was still going on through the, the rest of Paul VI. But anyway, so. Yeah, it wasn't a now versus then versus then where I would have added in comments about Benedict. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not meaning to slight, but I have nothing, you know, I'm not trying to take away his credit for what he did. It just wasn't the point of the tweet, you know, well, talking yeah. about discrete time periods. Right. And there's also, even if you leave Benedict out of it, like you're, you're telling the truth, like it, the Latin mass is growing and there's been absolutely no indication that pope francis wants to end it like someone someone was like if he could end it he would well he could end it and he hasn't like it well, right. he, i'm like he, well, he can like what what do you yeah no you're right because it like it's just not it's all pure speculation like one website two years ago said that there was rumblings that he wanted to end it like it does okay that's fine or like i get that people get a emo- like i i appreciate i mean that there's people- rumblings that the queen of england is a reptile you know i mean like i just I don't yeah need more than rumblings well i appreciate that people like appreciate things i appreciate that they appreciate things about the faith like the last well i appreciate right? that you appreciate that they oh <laughs> thank you zach but 
like this idea of I there's what what, are what we if he do? does this? What if he does that? Yeah. So one of the like it's like the, that was the, one of the tweets. I mean, a blog that I will read, like Rade Chele. They're like, if he had been made pope in two thousand five, we would never have gotten the Latin Mass. Back. I know it's that. Like, well, it's, I don't even okay. That's what <laughs> how how. Do, that's what got me the most. Go like on. so, when you're talking about letters and when you're talking about things about Pope Francis, anything that is baseless speculation stay away from because when you are at the judgment the baseless speculation is the things that you're going to be held accountable for right i know oh, yeah, you I, I even thought of that i know you get all people get all juiced up on emotion and i know we're emotional creatures who pre, like want to get care about things but like you don't want to play around in the world of talking about the vicar of christ the one person on earth that you have to fully submit to and just run around purely speculating about it. And I know that it gets clicks and I know that people want to see it. And I know it's a lot easier. CNA newsroom podcast last week, JD Flynn talked about how difficult it is to run a news site without just giving fully into emotion and commentary. Right. So I get like when jobs are on the line and when money needs to come in, that it's a lot easier to tweet things like, if Pope Francis had his way and got elected in 2005, none of this would have happened. But also, it's, I mean, if if I was born to a family in Ireland, I never would have met Zach. And, like, it doesn't, who, it doesn't matter. It's none of it, it, it didn't happen. Right. There's, like, a, a statement I won't repeat of this, if, if this, then that thing. But, yeah, no, if something that didn't happen had happened, things would be different. Yes, no, mm-hmm. that's true. So, right. I... That's the the strange thing. And, you know, as much as people were accusing me of being disingenuous, they were they were honing in on the fact that they're like, well, he doesn't deserve the credit for the spread of the Latin mass. You didn't he say that. You didn't it's say like, he deserved like, any I credit. I, right. I was like, he's been pope since 2013. Those years have been, by every measure, very good, at least, you know, here in America for the traditional Latin mass. Um, that is a fact and it, it doesn't really matter I, I'm not concerned about you know what privately the Pope thinks about this you know he's he's clearly made no effort to restrict it mm-hmm. he's extended additional permissions for it you know I you know so he, does he it might matter be- if behind the scenes he he hates it I mean no, I, I, was gonna, I don't think that's even the case, but who cares? That's what I was going to say, too. Like, so I come when I was in the Diocese of Los Angeles, like when I was with going to the FSSP out there, when we were it started out for the first four years, we were use, we were using a different church and we were basically relegated to 7 p.m. on a Sunday. Right. Mm-hmm. So and the priests out there were great trying to raise money and they they were allowed to come into the diocese, right? But they got almost no help from the diocese. The diocese didn't try and stop them. The diocese certainly didn't help them. But Archbishop Gomez came to a few masses, was very friendly to the priests, right? But again, the diocese was not much help. So they, But they didn't prevent them from doing it. They just didn't help them. But this grew, and now they have their own church. So it's like you can in I mean, in life two thousand years of 
of tradition behind this thing. It, setting it free is pretty much all you need to do. You know, well, yeah. You, there's not ever going to be a case where some pope walks out and, and waves a wand and, and reimposes the Latin Mass on you know the entire world like that because people know what a disaster it was to make drastic changes to the mass overnight uh-huh. before. And I mean, so setting it free is allowing it to spread. More people are encountering it. And, you know, you, you see, you meet people who their whole lives have just changed. You know, I mean, at my parish, there's people who were Wiccans. There's people who were Satanists. There's people who were Methodists, you know, and, uh, <laughs> just kidding. Um, you, yeah, no, I grew up Methodist. Um, and there's this just this transformation because they had this encounter with the sacred. And to me, well, not to me. I mean, from what I've observed, that is much more potent at creating saints and inspiring you know people to be open to life and live out their faith than you know really well crafted documents from Rome. You know, so. Well, yeah. Would I would I enjoy those well crafted documents? Of course, but I were they going to move the needle? No. I mean, Humanae Vitae. I feel like EWTN does like street parades every month, you know, on like the monthly anniversary of it because right. you know they celebrate. And you know, it's it very clearly uh, upheld the truth. But it, I mean, it it didn't move the needle on everybody embracing. I mean, the the numbers still skyrocketed. You know, I mean, I hate to. Point. I mean, it, it wasn't it, it didn't change anybody's mind yeah so the the thing with what i was talking about with the mass coming into los angeles is like yeah in, yeah. in life in life not not everyone is going to like be enthusiastic about what you're enthusiastic and actively help you along the way like i feel like people won't be happy until pope francis is like and today it's only Latin mass and immediately you have to stop doing the new mass and that's how we're going to do it. And the end, right? Like, but that's not, and they'd be like, like, if he, if, if he had been, I mean, they'd come up with some, if where that didn't happen, but or like, yeah. he's, he's getting, he's just caught, he's just luring out all the trads to get well, them. It's in funny. One Cause place. like these people, like a lot of these people, they don't like him. And it's like, I don't know if you don't like him, like doesn't it make it even better that he gets frustrated that you do the Latin? I mean, you know, it's like, I don't understand why it's like, you can't just enjoy the Latin mass and spreading it and sharing it with people. You, you like, it only counts if you don't, you don't even have to like the Pope. Like, honestly, you just have to submit to him and know he's the Pope. You don't have to like, think he's the best Pope or you don't have to have like shrines to him throughout the house. Right. Like of course you can. Right there, we've he's. I'm not breaking any news. I mean, people are naturally drawn to the Pope, and this is why I tell people that it is ultimately an uphill battle for the Catholics who are very dialed into the faith to expect people who aren't to go against the Pope because they they will just have a natural draw to their Pope, and I mean it, that's just reality. Well, yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't mean like it doesn't mean you can't roll your eyes at something he says off mic, right? Like it's, he, he has said 
he has made statements that are a little silly or statements that are a little questionable, right? Like it's we're not denying. Right. I mean, this. there's things that he's said that I, I, I they're not to me um, useful for the spiritual life. And for you know, I mean, they, they just don't. You know, I don't, I don't need them. Right, and, but and, we know, were it's never not a matter of obedience. So it's, but we we weren't. We, again, we weren't even promised that, though, right? We were promised a vicar of Christ. We were promised someone who can speak with authority who and you know luckily if you're against pope francis this this pope has not done that very often right so it like if he we weren't promised that it's not like they were like here are the rules of the pope you must never say anything silly you must never do it's like it's like when people get upset that priests are on twitter oh i did my other joke so the other joke that i posted was um all all, all y'all who signed the letter better hope Francis is right about hell not existing. Oh yeah, that was one that probably got you going. Uh, most everybody realized that that was like ironic, just because mm-hmm. I mean it was bending too many things over backwards. And I did get a response that was like, "Haha, that's funny. Would you be doing stand up at the crucifixion?" <laughs> and I was like, "I mean, okay, I appreciate." For what it's worth, I appreciate the uh, the snark in that comment, you know. Like, a, but um, I'm pretty sure I don't. Let's just let's just laugh, people. But yeah, the you just have to always be serious, and if you disagree, you have to be, you know, to hate the other person, and, you know, rip each other apart. Right? It's silly. Zach, I have a I have a now I want to move on. So I have a question. I have a what if scenario that I want to talk okay, about. Here okay. We go. Let's say that they are correct and that Pope Francis wants to end the Latin mass and he does that tomorrow. Okay. He comes out in the morning. I post this podcast at night and within 12 hours, it's completely wrong and irrelevant. And Pope Francis goes on record and says the last Latin mass was yesterday. You can never do it again. Okay. What mm-hmm. do you do? What do these blogs do? What do these people who predicted it do? Other than say, see, I told you you were right. Do they stop going to mass? Do they grab weapons and do they go march on the Vatican? Because if you do that, like, you know, best of luck to you. Like, what is the end game? Where, where does all this lead? What, like, I'm not, I'm right. not saying. I mean, that's where you say, I, I... Sorry, one second. I, I, let me, sorry. My, finish my, yeah, my, finish your point. my thought was like, where, where like what do we hope to get out of it where does it lead like what are you what are you willing to do because it's not it's not so much you can tweet whatever you want or you can blog whatever you want but at the end of the day it's these are serious issues like these are serious things that if you are faced with it what are you willing to do because i don't i don't want to hear i don't want to hear how pope francis is a heretic who's going to ruin everything about our way of life. And then if it happens, you're just like, well, you know, told you, please like keep visiting, keep listening to my podcast. Like you have, what are you going to do about it? Right. I mean, my guess is you'd have a significant number of people go into some kind of, you know, kind of rat trad schismatic thing. Mm -hmm. You have a bunch of people become Orthodox, Mm -hmm. um, which is just, anyway, um, you'd, I mean, people would just quit, and I, I think that the, I don't actually think God would allow the Latin Mass to be completely suppressed. But that's another topic. In this example of if it happened, I mean, you just want to look at these people and be like, 
well, you know, aren't we here to get to heaven? I mean, are you really willing to throw that away to, you know, because well, it, it's, y- yeah, to, to, you know, to stick it to Bergoglio? Like, I, I guess I just don't understand. Well, that's when you have to question the what is the, the motivation of what you're doing. And I'm saying, I'm not saying this about well, individuals. Well, can of worms. Well, I'm that saying. We should go right into actually. You want to go right into it? Okay. Cause like, oh, well, I mean, if you what don't if mind. You, yeah. Cause what do you, what is your motivation for it? If you're, cause the, it's, is your motivation just, is it like your personal want of the mass? Because I'm sorry, the church is not here for like your personal desires. We can all like, of course I, I go to the Latin mass every weekend and I wish that there were more and I wish that it was widespread and I will continue to go right right? so i'm not saying that if it ended i would not be sad clearly i would but like i wouldn't stop going to mass right i would more or less grit my teeth and bear it like you because it's the faith the faith is not a it's it doesn't my 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 desires at some point stop being relevant like pretty quickly into the catholic faith do your desires stop being relevant and it, you, you, yeah. When you kind of even learn that, I mean, at the end of the day, like private judgment is just, it's just not, it's just not a thing, not not a thing to be trusted. Right. So the, the okay. So what do you have? To, I don't know if you had About some the motives. Else. Yeah. Just because it's like well, what, I think that if you follow the, you follow the conversations on this, okay. And I mean, I, I I'm not naming names or trying to. Well, I'm, I'm going to name some a few like prominent names, but I'm, I'm not saying everybody that's, you know, hypercritical of Francis is like this. But it does sort of start with, well, there were problems with the Morris Letizia, and he he suggested that hell isn't real, and this and that. Um, but then it it quickly becomes, and he's you know for immigration and right, uh, you know this kind of stuff, and he's he doesn't support. Western civilization, yeah, and it, again, it starts to quickly go down that path to you know uh, just ugliness. And mm-hmm. the this is the thing of like guys, like the Pope is not the vicar, or the Pope is not the leader of of you know white people. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know, I don't know how else to say. It. I mean, I'm not trying to be blunt here, but like, mm-hmm. it, it quickly devolves into. Oh, okay, the Pope isn't promoting like our ridiculous way of life of yeah. Western civilization. Yeah. And I mean, it's amazing because in, in one breath they'll be like, well, he's undermining the teachings on marriage. And then you'll see people like, well, maybe Salvini in Italy will help us who is divorced or, you know, Steve Bannon divorced three times. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's like, I, I don't understand. So the fact that Francis made statements that, I mean, I can't and won't try to defend them regarding marriage and divorce, but, you know, the heroes on, that are looked mm-hmm. to are, you know, way past this. But so that's the other thing that I, I kind of noticed quickly following things that were mentioned is it's like, well, hopefully our next pope will be, you know, pro-Western civilization or, you know, the Catholic yeah. Church is wonderful because it's, uh, you know, it, it, it was pro-Western and all that I, stuff. And I like, want ugh. I want our next pope to be pro-Western civilization, and I want that pope to be Cardinal Seurat, Zach. That's 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 what I want. Like it, you know what I well. No, I know. Yeah, I'm making a point. Yeah, I'm making a point. I, I got Zach. you. I got you. I got you. 
but it, it's just interesting how it's like the the issue they focus on and, and it may be a particular vulnerability with pope francis is you know issues with the morris letizia and that kind of stuff but it's like they don't they very quickly move on to the topics that are really important to them and that's something i would just be careful about i mean yes if i think there are a lot of people that are genuinely bothered by you know the issues itself the issues regarding marriage and mm-hmm. um you know divorce and communion and confession and all that there are plenty of people that are, are very upset at the the lack of clarity right you know? and um someone kind of explained to me even if even if things in in their parish or their diocese were a mess it's like they knew that at the end of the day you know at the tippy tip top of things it was clear that shouldn't be happening and then now they don't have that to look to they they suppose you know setting those people aside a lot of the people that like to dogpile on pope francis do not care at all about doctrine or dogma or any of that and it it it, it becomes very obvious if you just kind of spend a little bit of time looking for it yeah it, okay so one of the things about oh, the with the all the comments like it is valid there are lots of the, those comments that are valid to be concerned about. Like we're not talk, we're not talking about the I mean, idea. Yeah, of those. These are important things. I mean, these are I mean these are the most sacred things when we're talking about the sacraments and the faith. And so I mean, none of that should be taken. I mean, we we joke about it when we talk, but it, it, it's important stuff. And people can, I mean, I'm not going to point fingers if they're upset and confused about things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, when it when it turns from that to become like just pure speculation about things like it's it it goes from like actual concern to like well he's going to take away my toys right or he's not going to defend what i want like it's it's you're i don't know like the comments the comments there are rough comments and there are bad things but like again like he's not speaking out from his authority as pope from the chair of peter and on you know so he's not like putting it into the dogma also and you brought this up that i'm going to say and then you can talk about this a little but like what his comments his comments that are rough like what who have they what minds have they changed really right like right i mean that was the that was kind of the comment i was like i'm gonna have to offer a finder's fee for anybody who you know, believed in hell until last summer when Pope Francis made that strange comment. And then now they don't believe in hell. Right. And I'm like, I, I don't think that person exists. And, um, you know, somebody who held the, the Orthodox position regarding marriage, you know, all the way in 2016, which by then was, it was just a wild minority position in, mm-hmm. in the, in the Western world. <laughs> um, if you want to go there. Right. Um, and, and then they were like, Hmm, no, you know, I've read a Morris Letizia, and actually I've changed my mind. That I don't think that person exists. Well, I think yeah. that, you know... Look at, just as a, an example that people can do, like, look at how you responded to his paper and his thoughts on climate change, right? Like, when, when it came out, people were like, well, that's bogus, I'm not going to believe that. Or people who already liked climate change and weren't Catholic were like, see, the Pope's talking about it now. Like it's so just think of think of 
both sides. Like think of something you liked and think of something you didn't and think of how you reacted to it. And that's just kind of how everyone's going to react to it. And you just, you went about with your daily life. Like, again, I, I think it's important that the Pope does say things in line with Catholic doctrine always, right? Knowing that there are random things set us like that will trickle out. Right. But like, it's just, it's right. I mean, the biggest picture is, you know, souls getting into heaven and, you know, I think that a a small, you know, Latin mass parish that pops up is going to do more to create saints, is going to, you know, I mean, you, you see it when you visit these places. People become open to life. You see all these big families. That, I mean, all this stuff happens. That is more powerful than a document that again most people aren't going to read whether it's good or bad i mean you you can't just walk out and and, and grab some random catholic and be like so what is your thoughts on amoris Letizia?" Mm-hmm. and they're gonna mm-hmm. be like oh i haven't i haven't heard her latest album um <laughs> but i really liked yeah you know i mean it's and it, it, but it's the same with the good encyclicals and this is what i was trying to argue is i was like there were some you know paper victories with um, JP two and even you know going back to Paul the sixth with Humani Vitae, but they didn't. Yeah, they, I mean, Humani Vitae did not stop birth control from becoming just almost universally used. Right, and you know, go through the thought exercise of you know we'll do the reverse thought exercise of what you're saying. Imagine that you did have kind of the Pope that you're that you you know are dreaming up that put all this stuff out, what do you think would happen? I mean, you know, do you, I mean, do you really think that, you know, it, the whole world's going to stop and read these documents and then repent? And I mean, it, it seems a little far fetched. Yeah. It's so I'm not saying the stuff he says doesn't matter, but I, I think if our goal is salvation of souls and, you know, spreading the faith, I don't really think, his comments are are undermining that well it's okay this i don't know if this will be the most controversial thing i'll say on the podcast or any podcast but like i said this to you that i think it i think it's much better to fully submit to francis being the pope and find out that he ended up being an anti-pope than it is to like completely battle him and take him to task and then die and then find out he was uh, correct. Like he was just a normal Pope and be punished for it. Right. Like, well, who's the, who's the saint you said, like said mass for, uh, I think it's Saint was it Saint I think it's St. Vincent Ferrer who, yeah, he had, he had the wrong guy as Pope and he was commemorating mass and he still became a saint. Yeah. I mean, it, cause you don't, you don't, you're, it, I'm not saying, by the way, as a side, note i'm not saying you have to like him i'm not saying you have to think he's smart i'm not saying you have to like you know think he's this amazing figure it's just the church at the end of the day all the church asks from us is obedience right like that's really the baseline thing that that's asked of us and that's the best thing we can do and if 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 the wool is completely pulled over our eyes and we're obedient to the wrong person we we will be judged on that obedience not on the mistake of of the other person. Right. So it's, and on the flip side, we will be judged for our lack of obedience. 
Well, right. And, and I mean, that's the thing is it, 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 when there have been anti-popes in the past and, you know, people have pointed out historical contexts are different, but God doesn't, you know, the, the, the frequently repeated line, if you look at like the old catechisms and stuff was, you know, God who can neither deceive nor be deceived. Mm-hmm. So this isn't a this isn't a a test like i'm just seeing tweets that are suggesting that you know we're being tested and and we pass the test i know we're not that special right i'm like well i guess you're being tested because every generation has its thing where they say oh this is it this Mm -hmm. is the line that's been crossed we have to break from the pope right this just can't stand you know everybody before us yeah that was you know that was wrong but we're you know we've got our reasons and every single time it it ends up you know being incorrect and so that's yeah i mean that's where i mean what if what if we're just living in a completely uninspired normal time in the church like that's what we have to ask ourselves it's like are we are we living in are we living in like a completely crazy time or are we just living in a completely uninspired mediocre time? Well, I mean, think about when Notre Dame went up in, in flames, there was this, you know, a, I didn't see a lot of it, but there was, you know, kind of an initial buzz of, Oh, is this an act of terrorism? And, you know, the hard truth was the, the building, you know, it was neglect and apathy that had, caused the problems you know and it's so much easier to like create some you know big dramatic story than to just kind of recognize that no i mean it's just kind of marching you know time's marching in its direction right we're fighting we have we always feel like we have the need to fight boogeymen and like it's it's i don't know we we have to do something we have to do something to feel like we're worth something and it's yeah i don't I don't want to discourage people from like, I think it's okay to keep not like a watchful eye on Francis from like a, we're, we're watching you. But like if, if we're living in a day and age where media is available constantly, like then we should use that to our advantage. Right. So it's important to know the de- to an extent, the dealings of Rome, but also on the other side, we don't need to know everything. Like it's people for hundreds and hundreds of years, like maybe they would they I would maybe they wouldn't even know who the pope was like maybe, maybe they well and this is actually what's just a, on that I mean people don't necessarily understand why you know popes kings queens and stuff you know have these uh, you know just outrageous costumes and things that they wear and mm-hmm. in their it, it a lot of that is so that people could know who it was I mean mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't have photographs right so they didn't have all these things symbolizing it. They had never seen the person. How how were they supposed to know that was the the sovereign? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think an important thing to consider is just detachment. Um, you know, Father Ripper has a lot to say on the topic of detachment, but also with tradition where he says, you know, you have to detach yourself from the, the idea in your head of, of the perfect, healthy church it doesn't mean you don't want what's best for the church, but like you've got to, um, 
you, you know, you, you've got to have a certain level of, of detachment. So if mm. if following the news in Rome, et cetera, is is moving your emotions just all over the place, then mm. yeah, I'd say stop doing it. I mean, if if you can't if you can't just observe, right? Um, the other question most of the you... time. You, Sorry, I was just going to say the other question you won't be asked at your judgment is, did you did you keep up with the news successfully? Right, and you know I think maybe the last thing I'll say on the the Pope thing is just to for people who are struggling, you know, I I had when I was when I first became Catholic, Benedict was Pope. I didn't really understand why he was resigning, but I I had you know once he resigned, I had in my head what I thought the perfect Pope would be, you know, and the, the discrepancy between, between that and then reality was frustrating to me for a while. Um, I think it's just worth thinking about that and trying to resolve that. And then, you know, like a key issue I would drive for my, you know, my own story is with like the dubia. It, it, it just used to infuriate me. Yeah. I'm glad you're going to bring that up actually. Yeah, it, it just infuriated me that those would just sit unanswered, and it would, you know, I'd 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 look and find out exactly how many days it was, and mm-hmm. yada yada, and you know, it it dawned on me, and I mean, you know, I would challenge anyone listening to think about why the questions are simple questions, the answers are no, yes, 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 and you know, anybody, they're not hard questions, they're not the type of question that where you need you know, the, the absolute tip top of the church to, I mean, they're easy questions. The sort of obsession with making him say them, you know, and, and Mm -hmm. wanting him to answer it. I I just think, just spend some time thinking about that. And if, if that's healthy and if maybe that's just not helpful and, and if letting that go might, might be a good thing and just realizing, Hey, I already know that the answers are no. Yes, 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 yes. So, I don't need, you know, my uh, uh, happiness isn't going to be hinged on on making up, you know, him saying it. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, your salvation doesn't rest on that. And well, and you're listening to us and we're telling you the answers are no. Yes, 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 yes. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's fine. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say on the subject? Cause it... No. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, like he's not just because of the no yes he's not he's not going to take your precious latin mass away like it's and even if he does he's given us a longer leash than we ever got and you know the pope the the comment that he's not you know super supportive of it the bishops who are and even even cardinal sarah have a a history of making comments about wanting to start tinkering with it and changing mm-hmm. the readings and updating the calendar and stuff. And that's a recipe for disaster. We're just not in the, you know, similar to how everybody's the worst thing about Notre Dame is that it's going to be rebuilt by our generation. <laughs> it's like, we right. don't, this isn't want to memorialize this time period. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, he just, he gives a long leash and people get to, you know, have the lab mass and spread it and it grows and, and he doesn't interfere. And, you know, I would, I would ask if that's more of a blessing than maybe people are, are willing to admit. Right. If you don't, if, if you have something you like, 
don't the best thing is that people stay out of it right like it's not it if yeah i mean it's like why do you need him to like it it's it's working yeah you don't you you made the joke detachment people detachment <laughs> you you made the joke once that um people often cite pope francis as a reason they go to the latin mass like it it's you clearly you were saying it no yeah right in in jest kind of but also like it i don't know it's they have but also kind of i mean there are a lot of people that the just the the trajectory of the last few years um has just kind of caused them to just look at things more seriously Mm -hmm. and you know i mean some of them it's to figure out you know how disobedient they can be before they've crossed some kind of line and you know that's that's still learning and and then some of them it's you know i guess what is the church's teaching on on this and that and what what is going on and you know i think i'm not a modernist and i'm not you know some cheesy person but you, you have to kind of give the holy spirit some room to operate and trust that you know god governs the church through peter and he's figured out how to do it for 2000 years so we can we can trust that you know god god has this figured out and and god knows who the pope is and all the pope's flaws mhm 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 yeah all right well that's that for now all right our saint of the week is pope francis um, <laughs> Oh, may he live forever. It is. I will say the very last thing is that, like, once you kind of, once you get off the like, the 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 Francis outrage train, you do start to find things that you you like about him. Like, I there were I, I, I didn't think that I would ever really like this pope, and um, there are things to appreciate, but it, it, you do have to. It takes detachment to kind of get there. Mm-hmm. 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 I mean, he just did that whole thing about the devil. Everybody freaks out about this and that. And I'm like, where does he think the devil lives? If he's talking about the devil, he obviously believes in hell. There you go. Let's anyway. let's let's hope he does, and let's hope he does not go there, and that we all spend eternity in heaven, Zach. Uh, well, it's like they'd go. You know, it's like you do wonder where people like they're going to go to hell just to spite Pope Francis. I mean, surely I know not, that's the other you, thing. You gotta, like, kinda ask yourself. I'm with all due respect to the man in the office, Pope Francis is not worth your eternal damnation. Like it really, no one is. So just, just, it was like the comment that said, you know, anybody that's in like the major Trump resistance would be okay with him getting reelected if they were guaranteed that like he would read one of their tweets and it would upset him. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. And it's like, it's like they've totally lost the, they've, they've just, lost sight of of the goal and they're just so like honed in on this person like who um, who who do the krasensteins become if pope if pope if president trump leaves office yeah saint of the week saint philip saint philip the apostle one of the 12 apostles of jesus excellent he is the apostle who preached in greece and syria and he was his oh his feast day is uh traditionally observed on may 1st uh sometimes on may 3rd according to which calendar uh and he uh is the apostle who 
Jesus, you asked Jesus how to feed the 5,000 people, Zach, in the Bible. And he has, he basically has a uh, link to the Greek community and he may have spoken Greek and he was a big, big Greek guy. Uh, let's see here. He is the patron of pastry chefs of Uruguay of hatters who are hat makers he's the I was like what is a hatter so that's okay like mad hatter he's a patron of hatters yeah. mad and unmad uh, he should not be confused with Philip the evangelist who was appointed with Stephen to oversee charitable distributions yeah don't make that mistake you will it will just ruin your holiday yeah he uh He's commonly associated with the symbol of the Latin cross. Other symbols assigned to Philip are the cross with the two loaves and a basket filled with bread, a spear with a patriarchal cross, and a cross with a carpenter's square. In July of 2011, a Turkish news agency reported that archaeologists had unearthed the tomb that the project leader claimed to be the tomb of St. Philip. Uh, Whoa. Yeah. They, let's see. He stated the design of the tomb and the writing on the walls. The writings on the walls definitively prove it belonged to the martyred apostle of Jesus. So the writing was on the walls, Zach. So that's uh, St. Philip. It's getting late, and I kind of, I hope I didn't phone that saint of the weekend, but, you know, got to do what you got to do. St. Philip, Apostle and Martyr. Pray for us. Uh, anything else, Zach? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Well, we can always we'll, do we'll, it. We'll, we'll get back to you in a week. Yeah, we can always do an addendum if you upset any more internet people. Oh, man. I mean, it, it, actually, a, a lot of people have been like, yeah. I mean, because... Like I've said, I, I think that it's just a natural tendency that you don't really want to oppose the Pope. Mm-hmm. But the, and I will say that when you go into a Latin Mass parish, ninety nine—I mean, really, everyone you encounter is like fine. They're they're not fighting the info war, you know, constantly. Um, it, it is the internet where you find these people, not not in a Latin Mass parish. I know they probably the weird ones. They probably. Most of them probably don't even know the letter exists, but oh well. And since they they don't even listen to the podcast, so they won't find out anyway. Whatever. Doesn't matter. I'm not bitter. I'm sad for them. All right. Well, good work, Zach. And we will talk to you all next week. See ya. See ya.